Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome. I am Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect, and today we are unbuckling your questions. I've gotten so many amazing questions via Instagram, via my email, and most recently via the independent social network that I have founded, Pleasure of Possibility. So you can find Pleasure of Possibility through Mighty Networks, and we are the Pleasure Posse. If you go to Uh, Mighty Networks, you will find Pleasure Posse or Pleasure of Possibilities. And you can find us and join us. We have created an independent social media. So that means there are no restrictions um, as far as censorship. The goal is to create a sex-positive, consent-friendly based space that empowers women, LBGTQ, uh, BIPOC and all people who are looking for a safer space beyond mainstream social media to express themselves, create community, connect and share. So I look forward to seeing you on our mighty network's pleasure of possibility, the pleasure posse. You can pop on into that. Uh, so yeah, we are going to just do a fun uh, Q&A session today, just answering questions that have come in um, since we started this podcast. It's been almost a year now, and uh, it's been such a wonderful experience that I'm so grateful for. And yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just jump right in. So one of the first questions is uh, from someone who identifies as a swinger. So we'll just uh, pause there real quick. Um, so as regular listeners may know, and if you're new to the show, um, I'm someone who identifies as ethically non-monogamous. I am in a polyamorous relationship, so I have an open marriage. And just to clarify, the the difference with that is um, swingers are not looking for commitment, right? So um, swinging is another form of being ethically non-monogamous and having an open relationship. But as I talk about a lot on here, you know, this is the beauty of designing your life, designing the relationship that you want, the connections that you want. And that can change depending on where you are in your life, depending on the partners that you have. And, um, So even, you know, those who identify as monogamous, I really do encourage you to take time to really get clear on defining your relationship and your relationship style and how you're connecting. So um, in the swinger community, there are, you know, no strings. No one's looking to form, um, typically not. And again, you know, this is always choose your own adventure, but typically people aren't looking to form um, additional long-term relationships. So polyamory, the idea of of being polyamorous is this idea that you love and are in relationship with multiple people. Um, So just to give you some context. So, So her and her husband are swingers. They have been for years and they've met a lot of great polyamorous people and other non-monogamous people. Um, However, they're just trying to figure out a way to start conversations when they meet 
new people to find out if they're interested and to be clear that they aren't polyamorous, that they aren't looking for another relationship. They're just looking for play partners. So the question is how to start those conversations. So I think first off, um, being willing, of course, always first and foremost to accept, you know, that people may not understand, uh, may not be a yes to that. So going into it, um, really having taken care of yourself, feeling like your cup is full, feeling that you're really in a good place to receive a no. If somebody, um, gives you a no that you can receive that no. So always going in without, um, an agenda, you know, I think it's important to have intentions and, and really honor what you want. Um, and just be be mindful of not having an agenda. Uh, and I think one of the biggest challenges I've come across in my own personal life, I was actually reflecting on this recently when um, in my previous marriage, when we had opened up our relationship and I was so excited and I met these two guys and I had this vision of like having a threesome with them and I was just like so hungry for it. And I had such like a, this has to happen that I actually drove it away because I was like just starving for it. Um, and that created this sort of like repulsion because it was just such an aggressive, um, desperate energy. So I think it's important to really, you know, how can you fill up your cup so that you really just feel like you're coming from a place of like, if it works out great and if it doesn't great, um, trusting that every no is just a redirection, right? No's are never a rejection. No's are just a redirection. So just being mindful of that, that hunger level that you're going into it with. Um, because when we have quirky out of the box, queer, uh, you know, unique specific things that we're into and we like to do, we can feel a little alone sometimes as we're, we're finding our tribe and we're finding our people. And in those moments, it can feel really heightened when you meet someone who might be a yes, that you're just like, Oh my God, like this might be my only chance. So I'm here to assure you that it's never your only chance. Um, since that moment, you know, decades ago when, when that threesome I wanted didn't work out, I've had many a threesomes, um, with many a gorgeous men and women and, and non-binary people. So, you know, there, there, there will always be something that aligns, um, when you're, when you're ready to, to receive it. So starting that conversation, um, I think, you know, context is always, you know, um, I don't know that I would be at like a supermarket and try to pick someone up. Um, I feel like most likely, you know, you're meeting these people, um, maybe through a meetup group where there's already been a container created that there are people who are sexually open, um, or perhaps, you're meeting them through um, mutual friends at like a social gathering that's that's more casual. So um, I think one of the most important things is confidence, is owning your your stuff, is owning like this is what I'm into, this is what I like, like I know who I am. Um, I'm not even trying to sell you or convert you on it. I'm just I'm you know I'm I'm inviting you in to know me. So I always start any conversation with um, you know consent when you're really getting deeper into, do you want to hear this? You know, like, you know, I have something um, I'd like to share with you about my relationship and my relationship style. Would you be interested in hearing about it? 
You can also try a very like flirty approach, you know. So if you're being more playful and and in a flirty way, like you know, um, you you know, complimenting somebody on on their presence, on how their energy is in the room. I try not to make compliments solely about physical appearances. I try to be very mindful of that. Um, and even checking in to see if someone is, is open to receiving, you know, like, you know, I have an observation I'd, I'd like to share with you. Are you open to receiving a compliment? Because compliments can make some people feel um, uncomfortable. So always trying to weave consent into that conversation in a way that feels as natural and casual and comfortable as possible. And then, yeah, so just checking in. So, you know, maybe you're like flirting and you're like, hey, I saw you over there and I just love the way your energy lit up the room. Um, Would you be interested in chatting with me? I would love to share with you a little bit about my personal life and the relationship I'm in. My partner and I are swingers. We have been for X amount of years. Um, You know, I don't know if you're familiar with swinging. Is that something you've heard of before? And then kind of gauge, you know, so if someone has never heard this word before, it's <laughs> it might be, you know, a, a few more hoops to jump in to actually get them to engage in something versus somebody who maybe has a language. And you can tell from that initial response, if you say the word swinging or non-monogamy and they like light up with excitement, like, Ooh, yay. Um, then odds are these are your people. And, and, you know, you have like a green light to keep going with a conversation. If they, you know, if their body language starts to move back, if they start to feel closed off to you, um, you know, obviously if they say, you know, that they're not interested in having this conversation, you know, you want to shift gears and, um, and move on. But if you're getting green lights, then, you know, it's just really that confidence of like, you know, I know who I am. I know what I like. Uh, I'm really familiar with ethical non-monogamy. Um, I understand, you know, maybe you're talking to somebody who is polyamorous. So it's like, you know, I understand that you are polyamorous. I just want to be clear that we're really looking for play partners. We really enjoy the experience and, and get into the, the fun and the joy, um, about what lights you up about being a swinger and focusing more on the play aspect. Is it that you and your partner like to watch each other with other people is it the fun of, of, you know, inviting someone in to share space together? Um, I think being really clear because often times, and I even get this with, you know, being polyamorous and, and um, if, if you're a couple and you're approaching like another woman or even a single guy, you know, the idea that you're not um, unicorn or dragon hunting, as they would say, that you're not like trying to find... Um, and I think it's just such a, uh, it's such a complicated, because some people absolutely want to be the third and just want to like come in and have fun. So I think it's just really being clear about your intentions, because I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the idea of unicorn hunting or dragon hunting. Um, and that is, you know, to look for somebody who is just going to come in and be like a guest star. And that's often how I, I prefer to refer to it is like, would you like to like guest star? Because even though uh, I am polyamorous, there are some times where I'm like, I'm not trying to have like some long term relationship with you. I might just want, you know, for you to come over and hang out and like enjoy space together and have a playful experience together. 
um, a woman that I'm seeing right now is very, very clear that like she just wants to connect her and I. She has no interest in connecting with my husband or my husband being around or like any part of that. What I absolutely respect and it was absolutely what I was looking for. I was actually looking for a woman to just connect with and have a relationship uh, with myself. So just getting really clear on your intentions and what excites you about it. So starting that conversation can be really fun and casual. Um, And I think, you know, as long as you're going in it without a needy agenda and you're just being curious and playful, and that may be part of how you start the conversation. Like, hey, I'm curious. Have you ever explored ethical non-monogamy? Have you ever uh, been to a swingers club? Have you ever played with a partner outside of your primary partner? Or if, you know, if you're single, you know, how do you enjoy dating and connecting? You know, getting to um, have a play date with a swinger couple could be really awesome because if you're someone who does just enjoy like casual sex and having uh, like one night stands and having like friends with benefits, that could be a wonderful way to have people to play with where there isn't going to be any like string attached entanglement and you just get to show up and have a good time. And so then the conversation will just go deeper into, you know, what are you open to? Um, Are you open to, you know, somebody watching? Are you open to, do you want to just play with me and my partner's not involved? Um, And just getting clear into what, what are the yeses? You know, where, where do you, where is what you have to give match up with what they want to receive and vice versa? I think that's just a really a cornerstone for all relationships of just really being clear on this is what I have to offer and here's what I want. And how does that match up with what you have to offer and what you want? Because that's where our wins are, right? Those are like the hell yes moments that align for us to just really enjoy and celebrate what it is that we love. So just really being clear on what being a play partner means, you know, um, that you're not going to be texting somebody every day to see how they are. And you're, you know, you're likely not going to like see them for dates or, or have anything outside of just come over and have a sexy fun time. And, um, just really making sure that they, they feel emotionally able to be in that space with you because not everyone can separate sex from emotions. Um, and, and not everybody wants to, and that's totally fine. You know, like whatever your needs are, it's important to honor that. So I think with, with swingers, you know, when I first discovered ethical non-monogamy, that was my introduction to it was that, um, there, you know, were people who were like just swingers. They, they would go and have like play parties, you know, swap and, and be with other couples, other people, but then they go home together and and that's it. There isn't like a dating aspect of, of being with somebody that didn't mean though, like a lot of the people I knew who were swingers, like they hung out with a lot of the same people at the same swinger parties and, and, and whatnot. And so there would be a consistency in like hooking up with the same person multiple times, but it it's not the same as like, we're forging a specific relationship to, to like bond and, and, and not to say that it's callous either. Again, everybody's going to, you know, design this their own way. Cause I had some really beautiful friendships and, and wonderful conversations and connections with people who were swingers and play partners. Um, I just knew for me that I wanted the option 
to go deeper and to have a, a, a relationship that involved dating. I'm someone who likes to get text messages and flowers and, and courtship. Um, so I think that's the, the big clarity is, you know, there isn't like a courtship per se. Um, and what does play look like to you? You know, if somebody is fresh out of a relationship, this might be a really nice way to transition, right? So you don't like go just date someone on the rebound, but you want to have sexual needs met. Swingers could be like the perfect thing for that to, you know, get to go and enjoy yourself and have some fun and, and process through your emotional stuff while, while still enjoying it, receiving some pleasure until you're ready to actually be in a relationship with someone else. So I think the most important thing, you know, owning your part. So like, yes, I'm a swinger. I love it. It's been great. You know, just really like celebrating who you are and inviting people in, in a very, uh, welcoming way to explore with curiosity. What are the possibilities? What are the options here? Where do our yeses lie? And so, you know, just allowing yourself some time to, to warm up to each other, to flirt, to, to see, you know, as you, you're kind of opening yourself up, it's that willingness to be vulnerable and that no matter whatever happens, that you know who you are and you're excited and enjoy who you are and what you have to experience and express. So I hope that helps. Um, so if you're out there listening, that, that, that gave you a good response to, yeah, to just really be clear in how you're, um, you're connecting because you know who you are and you know what you have to offer is wonderful and amazing and the ownership of that will attract in the kind of people who are also a hell yes to playing with you so yeah there we go that is my uh my suggestion on how to start a conversation if you are a swinger or ethically non-monogamous and looking to play with new people all right. So our next question, I'm going to take a little sip of water here while we next question. Okay. So this one, um, is about how do I know whether or not I should act on a fantasy or keep them private? And if I want to act, act on a fantasy, how do I ask someone or tell them about my fantasy? Um, kind of similar to this swinger thing. Uh, you know, I think when we think about fantasies, I have a lot of fantasies. Um, one of my most prevalent fantasies is being, um, uh, double penetrated. Now it's something for me that like just exists in a fantasy world. I don't feel like the reality of it would be something that I would actually want to do. The reality of it to me sounds kind of awkward and possibly painful, and just logistically more challenging than I think it is in reality. Um, another fantasy that I've had recently is hiring a uh, transgender sex worker. Um, and that's another one of those things that I'm like, it might just be better in my head. So how have I determined that? Um, in some cases, like sex on the beach. That was a fantasy I had for a long time. And then I actually did it. And I was like, this really sucks. This is not sexy. It is not fun. It is uncomfortable and, and not at all like pleasant, um, for me anyway. So for me, when I sit with my fantasies, 
um, and what's turning me on about them, I really sit with how much of this, like I check in, like how much of this is, am I turned on physically? Am I turned on mentally? Am I turned on emotionally? Am I turned on spiritually? Am I turned on sexually? And then I can kind of get clarity. So, you know, when I think about double penetration, it's, I'm not actually turned on physically. Um, the physicality of it actually is a turn off. The spiritual aspect of it also doesn't really hold anything there. Very much turned on sexually in this like very like dirty, erotic, super taboo, like, uh, you know, indulging in like my my ultra sluttiness. Um, that's that's a big piece of it, um, which mentally excites me. And emotionally, it's like, meh, n- not so much emotionally. It's definitely more of like a mental and sexual thing. So for me, that's where I'm like, okay, not pushing all of my buttons, right? Only pushing a couple of buttons. So probably something that's better just as a fantasy doesn't really feel like my body and my spirit are a yes to that. And that's how I check in. I just check in like, okay, when I think about this, what happens? You know, how does my body respond? Um, and, and what are like the other pieces coming into play? And so I think, you know, talking about your fantasies is wonderful. Like oftentimes I will talk about things with partners that I don't actually want to do, which I think is a wonderful way to create foreplay and passion and turn each other on and have some fun and excitement. Uh, just because you talk about something doesn't mean you have to do it. And I think that's the wonderful thing about fantasies is we get to have this creativity and this imagination and this playfulness and never take action on it. It can solely just live in the fantasy world, in the imagination world. And just really setting that space. So if, you know, if you have somebody you want to talk to about making sure that they're open to hear it making sure that they're ready to receive it, if there's something specific you need because you're feeling really vulnerable about sharing your fantasies like do you you know do you want to ask that you guys hold hands while you're doing it do you want to actually maybe not have the person looking at you so maybe you want to share the fantasy while you're driving somewhere with someone or taking a walk somewhere with someone maybe you feel more comfortable sharing the fantasy over the phone or via text message Um, maybe you want a more personal connection and you want to share a fantasy while you're being cuddled. So think about what is going to make you feel nurtured, what is going to create a safer container for you, uh, you know, and, and as well, what does the other person need who's receiving the information? How can you come together to co-create and be clear about what is going to create comfort so that you can be transparent and you can be vulnerable? And always going into it, you know, like, hey, I want to just talk about fantasies. I'm not saying we need to do any of this. I'm just curious. I want to just be able to share what's on my mind, what I've been thinking about, what I've been daydreaming about. And see then, you know, if like, hey, if it's like, oh, I shared this fantasy and you're like, oh, my God, I'm super turned on by the idea of, of you, you know, hiring a sex worker or, um, or doing a strip tease or whatever the fantasy is, um, that you might find that there's something that you both enjoy the idea of, but again, that still doesn't mean you have to do it. And I think that's so important with fantasies is there's no agenda. There's no, um, just because I thought about it, I said it, even if I, I'm like, 
asking for it, that doesn't mean that I have to, you know, I can at any point change my mind and be like, yeah, actually, no, I think I'm, you know, I'm not quite ready yet, or we could revisit it, or this might just be something that's better in my head. So, um, just going into that, knowing that there's so much freedom, right? There's no obligation. There's only possibility. So having the pleasure, having the pleasure of being in possibility. That's why I named the group pleasure of possibility. Um, because there are so many possibilities and we can just take pleasure in knowing that in knowing uh, uh, the fantasies and ideas. So checking in with yourself to see, you know, how much of you and what parts of you are a yes to this. And as you're doing that, also being really clear and honest about what parts of you are scared to receive the pleasure are, you know, have been socially conditioned or, um, you know, that you're, you're hiding or you're holding back from yourself. Uh, if there's something that you genuinely want, and you think that you're not supposed to have this or it's bad or it's taboo or um, you have a story about like, if I do this, it's going to make me a slut or, or uh, a pervert or whatever that story might be. So just being willing to to sit with that and and be really honest about is there something that you do genuinely want and you're denying it um, because you feel unworthy or because you feel like there's something wrong with you for wanting it. So, you know, that's going to take some deeper work. That's going to take really sitting with those parts of yourself that come up and reflecting with them in a loving way that is supportive, that is understanding, that allows you space to unpack it, to say like, Hey, I see this part of you and I want you to know that, you know, even if we do this, we are still a worthy being of love. And I know it was challenging, you know, that time that dad walked in on us masturbating. And, and so we've always had this fantasy about somebody watching us masturbate, but we feel bad when we think about it. So, you know, let's bring comfort and love to that child who felt shame in that moment and remind yourself that your body isn't shameful and that self-pleasuring is a gift and, and curiosity about your body and yourself is beautiful. And then invite yourself back to like, okay, do I want to reach out to someone to see about engaging in this fantasy? I feel like, especially when there are fantasies and things that are attached to, uh, like the opposite of like the trauma, you know, um, that those are like some of the deepest ones worth going into because you can really heal the trauma. If, you know, if, if you orchestrate it well, you can really heal that part of yourself that you detached from when, you know, you, you were caught playing doctor with somebody or something, something happened where something came into play that, that shame and guilt got tangled into your desire and your sexuality. And you can untangle that by now celebrating yourself and giving yourself permission to feel it and experience it and have somebody else validate, um, your worthiness and the wonderfulness of it and, and the, the joy of being in your body and having that exploration. So, you know, sitting when, you know, I love to write my fantasies out. I have journals where I write about my fantasies. Um, I have, people, I'm very, you know, grateful for the people I have in my life that I can share freely. And that's a big piece again of why I created this community, this online, um, independent social network, the pleasure of possibility 
because within our pleasure posse group, it's a wonderful safe space for people. You know, we celebrate, we cheer each other on. We are creating a really sex positive environment for people to share about their fantasies and their ideas so that you can start untangling the guilt and the shame and, um, and really embrace what your desires are. Because when you take out the shamey aspect of it, that helps you really get clarity on what is just something that's fun in your head and what is something that you actually want to bring to life. And then starting that conversation, you know, it, it really is just like checking in with somebody like, Hey, are you open to having this conversation? Here's, you know, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm looking for. Um, and just really knowing that if somebody says no, that that does not mean that you are a pervert or whatever, like that your fantasy is like disturb, you know, it doesn't, that has nothing to do with you. Like I think sharing your fantasies is one of the most important places to remember that, no is not a rejection and to not take somebody's redirection personally. If somebody redirects you because they are not a yes to what you want, that that's not personal, that they're taking care of themselves and it has nothing to do with you. Um, that what you want and what you enjoy and what you desire to play in is absolutely amazing and glorious and, and worthy of respecting and, exploring with somebody who is a yes to that. So going in again, without an agenda, with just really being open to express yourself freely and, and making that clear, like, Hey, like what I'm about to say is really vulnerable. I'm really sensitive about it. So I appreciate you taking that into account when you respond that if you are a no to this, you know, I, I totally respect that, but you know, can we have some tenderness, some, some kindness, uh, you know, being, being gentle as you determine that this isn't for you. And this is one of the places where it's so important to not yuck anybody's yum. If somebody's like, Hey, I really have this fantasy, you know, of you like pooping on me or something. And you're like in your head, you're like, Oh my God, that's fucking gross. Um, but you know, that's, that's your stuff that you need to work on. <laughs> you know, that's fine if that's not what you want, but like, there's no need to, to judge it. And there's certainly no need to project that judgment. So, you know, if somebody asks you to do something that you're not into, just like, thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that was like really, you know, that was a lot for you to like come out and say, and I, I really applaud you for asking. It's not something that I'm interested in. You know, here's, where I could maybe meet you, like I could meet you in, in just like sitting on top of you or, um, you know, smothering my, your face with my butt or something like there, there might be things where you're like, Hey, I'm not down with that, but I'm okay with these other parts of it that might tie into it. What do you think of that? So you get to play and negotiate and, um, and explore, or it might just be a hard no of like, Hey, I'm, I'm not interested and I really don't want to have this conversation. Um, but I wish you like all the best. Good luck. I hope you find someone that like loves what, what you're into. Uh, but it's not me. So just being willing to accept that. No, set the framework to, you know, aim for compassion, aim for understanding and, um, and really have those intentions and, and back to the confidence, just like, this is my fantasy. I know it. I know what I like. I know what I want. I'm expressing my desire. That's a really empowered thing to do to express your desires, to be honest about what you want. And 
be courageous in asking and know that, you know, it may not happen, but that's okay. The more you're willing to go out there and ask and be honest, the more likely you are going to find your person. The more you own who you are and what you're into, the greater your chances are of attracting somebody who's into that same thing. Because you're coming from this place of depth in awareness, in acceptance, in appreciation of who you are and what you're into. And that's going to allow you to find someone who's in that same vibe, who's curious and wants to play and explore and learn and discover. And that's how you're going to get your fantasies to become a reality because there's absolutely fantasies I have that I want to see come to life. Currently, (laughs) it's, um, I have a fantasy of my husband and another man, um, doing like a simultaneous, like jerking off, like they're like rubbing themselves together and like jerking off and I get to like watch it. Um, and it may not be with my husband. It may be like two queer men that I find. It it may be, you know, a non-binary trans person who has a penis. I, you know, I don't know. Like that's the thing with fantasies is sometimes there could be something even better than you imagined. You know, so when we go out and we have fantasies and we're sharing our fantasies and we're exploring these things, be open to the possibilities that something even more pleasurable, even better than you could have imagined is out there for you. Um, I'm, I'm living that right now. Like a week from today, I'm heading on a private jet to Costa Rica for this insane, amazing week long adventure at this like beautiful space with private chefs and surfing classes and music and just like glorious. And so when I began to fantasize about going on a private jet and, and setting intentions and manifestations about going on my private jet, uh, I had no idea about, you know, being at some like multi-million dollar space in Costa Rica and having, you know, private chefs and like all of these things. Like I, I hadn't even gone that far in the fantasy. I was just like, oh my God, private jet. Like I want to fly private jet. And here we are even better. So, um, you know, fantasies aren't always all sexual. They're, you know, they're sometimes about our, our other dreams and aspirations and, and visions. And I think it's just the same thing. Just like, you know, we, we fantasize about being, uh, on stages or, or, you know, sharing something that, that sparks us or lights us up or, or changing something in, in the world and science, you know, whatever those daydreams and, and, and ideas are that you have that same, uh, permission, you know, that you're giving yourself permission to play and that you give yourself permission to say it, to say it out loud and ask and explore because that's how it's going to come to reality. Um, And, you know, and just know your audience. Like if somebody is, you know, for example, like I got my hair cut right before I I came on air today. Um, And my barber that I'm currently seeing, he is a Christian dude. (laughs) So when I first went and he was like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a sex educator. And he was like, okay, don't want to have a conversation about that. Um, You know, and I was like, all right, fine. Like I can meet you where you're at. Like, 
So what do we want to talk about? We're just going to talk about mundane shit like the weather. Fine. You know, I can sit here for 20 minutes. <laughs> we talk about like basic stuff, you know, what, what music your kid is listening to or whatever. Like there's other things I can talk about. I don't only ever have to talk about sex, but I know who I am and I know who my audience is. And I'm not going to try to have a conversation with a conservative Christian guy about sex education when that makes him uncomfortable. And he didn't sign up for that. I'm, I'm in his space, you know. And if I don't want to be in that space, I want to be in a space where I could freely talk about sex, then I need to go find another hairdresser. Um, but right now I'm fine with it. Like, you know, I don't feel oppressed. I know there's plenty of spaces for me to talk about sex and I don't need to talk about sex with this particular person. And if there ever is a time when he, you know, I made it known what I do, if they ever want to talk about it, I'm sure they will prompt that conversation. Um, so, you know, definitely feeling people out and just making sure that that's a safe space for you to share what you want to share and, and being that safe space for other people as well. You know, um, definitely being mindful to not yuck anybody's yum. There's a, everybody's into something. Doesn't have to be what you're into. Don't have to do it, but everybody has the right to have their desires. And, and a lot of those things, um, you know, are fantasies that we do want to just keep as fantasies. And that's totally fine. So have some fun. Uh, give yourself permission to play in the, the pleasure of your possibility. And uh, yeah, and again, just another opportunity to, to jump on over to our independent social media network so that you can hang out with other people who are into the things that you're into, who are creating a space where you can share and talk about these things freely um, in a space where you are supported and celebrated. So I would love to see you joining our, our group, The Pleasure of Possibility. And you can find us on Mighty Networks. Uh, we are The Pleasure Posse. Uh, so yeah, I hope that helps uh, our listener who actually that qu specific question did come from somebody in the the uh, Pleasure Posse group. So uh, yeah, so I'm super excited to to have a space where people can start talking about these things. And I'm, I'm grateful to be answering these fun questions for everyone. And I'm gonna take a water break. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll get to the next question. Okay, I hope you're staying hydrated too, wherever you are. Uh, how I've discovered that I am bi and I want to know how do I start having sex with women? All right. Um, I, I, I mean, it's uh, really all of these questions have the same, <laughs> the same essence response. Um, because you need to, again, be confident, go into it without an agenda, uh, you know, ask for what you need to set that container um, with, with that, I feel like you have an even easier time because, you know, you can find your local lesbian bar. Um, when you are by, I will say in my own personal experience that, you know, it's often easier to find other bi or queer women, um, that sometimes people who are, uh, identifying as lesbian don't necessarily want to date someone who is bi, um, especially if they're in a relationship with a man. Um, so just, just know that going into it, you know, that, that can be a challenge. Um, 
but then sometimes that isn't the case. Like for example, right now the woman that I'm seeing is is uh, identifies as queer uh, overall, but is very clear right now that she is like lesbian. Like she only wants to be with other other women, um, other vulva owners, um, whether they identify as you know non-binary or or queer, or however they. But vulvas only. Like she has no interest in in having any connection with any sort of penis owner. So. Uh, so yeah, so even though, you know, I'm, I'm married to a penis owner, (laughs) um, you know, we've just set a very clear container that it's just her and I, uh, so yeah, so, you know, start there, start, you know, Bumble, um, I think is one of the best apps as far as meeting other women. In fact, that's where I met the women that I'm, I'm currently seeing, um, because Bumble is a little bit more woman friendly with women being the initiators of the conversation, uh, so I think, you know, dating app wise, Bumble's a good place to start to meet other women, um, going to your, yeah, your local queer, queer bars, um, and just flirting and, you know, and smiling and, and, and having fun and being yourself, you know, nothing is as attractive as just like being yourself and owning yourself and being in your, your authentic sparkle and just celebrating who you are. That is just magic it's magnetizing it it you know it's it's the the light that that draws people in when you are just fully enjoying who you are which I know can be a really challenging thing to do when you're new to something and you feel kind of awkward and nervous so whatever you need to do you know whether it's like some affirmations in the mirror um just playing around with ways to feel more confident to feel uh more enthusiastic and celebratory and exciting about who you are that you you're going into it um really feeling good about yourself and then yeah i mean you know as far as the logistics of of sex with women um I certainly learned that just because I have a vulva does not mean I know how somebody else's vulva works. Um, so ask, ask questions, ask about what it is that they like, what kind of touch do they like? Um, you know, how, how do they like to experience sex? I had a woman that I was sleeping with and, you know, she, the way she like went down on me, it was like a lot of teeth, which I did not enjoy. And and so I like had to like redirect her. And, you know, it was, it was kind of shocking to me. Cause I, I thought like, I was like, you have a vulva. Like, why, <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Like what, like you like your fucking coochie to be like bit like that. Um, and again, not to yuck anyone's yum. Like that's, that's, you know, she did and she had a partner who did. So she was operating from the way she likes to receive pleasure and the way another one of her partners liked to receive pleasure. It just wasn't the way I liked to receive pleasure. So being willing to be like, okay, you know, if that's how you want me to go down on you, I'm, I can do that. But know that that is not the way I, you know, I want my vulva interacted with. Um, so, you know, Girl Sex 101 is a great book. It's a great resource. Allison Moon, who's been a guest on our show, um, is author of Girl Sex 101. It is helpful for men and women or non-binary. How, you know, if, you, if you're looking to connect with somebody who has a vulva, even if they no longer identify um, as female, just for sheer, you know, operating system, um, she's really great about being really amazing across the board with with looking at it from you know 
somebody who identifies as female as well as those who don't identify as female um, to just really honor that and and get to know that, you know, like like when um, the woman that I'm seeing now and I got together, it was like, oh, what do you, you know, how do you refer to your body? I'm like, I love the word cunt. I, I love, you know, so you can totally use the word cunt when referring to my, my body. I'm, I'm great with that. Um, some people, you know, have, have words that they don't like to use and, or prefer. So getting clear on, on just the logistics of like, how are we talking about our bodies? And that there is no right or wrong way. You know, I think when, when you're looking at, um, something a little simpler about like, you know, exploring, sex with women. I mean, that's somebody you might, you might pick up somebody at the grocery store. You might flirt with somebody, you know, um, out and about in town that you, you know, you run into, uh, something that Allison talks about in her girl sex book, um, is something that I know I've, I've certainly done, uh, which is, you know, sending signals and not to say that every person with short hair or shaved hair, um, you know, has intentions of of having sex with other women, but I certainly did and do keep my hair short and shaved. Um, one, because I feel like it weeds out any douchey guys who, you know, have a certain idea of what a woman is supposed to be and look like. And I feel like it does send a signal to other queer women like, Hey, I'm, unique. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's obviously there's plenty of full on lesbians with long luscious hair, like, you know, uh, what is her name from arrest development, Porta de Rossi or whatever. Uh, I mean, so, you know, not to say that there's like some certain like, uh, outfit or, (laughs) you know, um, calling card per se, but there are certain, you know, I notice. And in fact, the woman I'm seeing also has like a, a, partially shaved head um there's there is definitely something to a certain queerness that that I think you know is is shown um and you can kind of get get that vibe from people depending on how they look um but yeah I mean obviously ask be willing to ask just be like hey you know I'm I'm curious like do you date women like you know I, I saw you over there picking out your your fruit for, you know, in the shopping center. And, um, and I really, you know, I, I thought you had a really cool presence and, and I'm wondering if you date women because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm interested in dating you. Um, I'd love to take you out sometime. So it's just that willingness to, to be bold and to be daring and, and, you know, and start with, with kindness, compassion, consent, curiosity, and, and see where it goes from there. Just, you know, be open to, to somebody being a hell yes. I think oftentimes we get so in our heads when we're like, we figure out something about ourselves um, that we're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with this. And I'm so afraid of being rejected that I just, uh, you keep like holding onto it and harboring it. Um, And then at the same time, you're also like, holy shit, if this happens, like, you mean I could have had this the whole time and I, I've been denying it for myself. So it just look at those ways that you might be showing up and sabotaging yourself or withholding and just be really honest about that. Um, I had somebody else recently who 
was owning their their newfound queerdom and, and bisexuality. And she had a great time. She went to a strip club by herself. She was just like, I just want to go and like have this experience to be around women and to be able to be turned on around women. And it was, you know, unpacking a lot of shame that she had about uh, when she had said to her mom or somebody um, that she found some woman attractive and, and, you know, her mom like shot it down. Um, and I had something similar with my grandmother, you know, like I had a friend who I used to shower with when we were about like 12 or 13. And my grandmother came to me one day and was like, you know, you can't do that with her anymore. That's inappropriate. Um, and it, it, you know, I had to unpack that for a long time when I was connecting with women, even most recently with this woman, I was like, wow, I just realized like another layer of ownership over, my desires, you know, because when I was like a teenager, my dad had found a journal that I wrote in about being with another woman and totally shamed me for it and was like such a prick. So, you know, being with her and just like being okay, like, I mean, she just happens to be like an incredibly emotionally intelligent, amazing woman. Um, so yeah, I mean, right from the get go, I was like, I, you know, it's been a long time since I've been with a woman. Like I, (laughs) I'm really like, I feel like I'm a little awkward and stumbling. And she was just like, Hey, we're just going to like flow with it and follow the yes. And like, whatever feels good. And you know, if I need something, I'll let you know, but like, let's just see what happens, you know? And, and so just allow that space to be, to be playful and, um, you know, again, with that, without any pressure, like it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't, you know, this isn't going to be your one and only chance. I think when we've, we've held something back for so long, we think we, you know, like we have to get it right coming out of the gate or it'll never happen again. It's like, that's just really not true. I assure you, like there will be more and more opportunities in your life to play and explore and enjoy the things that you're giving yourself permission to take pleasure in. So, uh, definitely, you know, everything's always an inward journey first, go inward, sit with yourself, look at the parts of you that are hesitant, that are trying to protect you out of fear that, uh, you know, whatever's coming up in the anxiety and just sitting with those parts of yourself in the most loving way possible to acknowledge them so that, you know, you can redirect that energy to allow yourself to receive the pleasure that you absolutely deserve and to explore and have fun and enjoy. Um, so yeah, I hope that helps in your quest to go find wonderful women to have awesome sex with. Um, so we are almost out of time, but, uh, yes, please send more questions. Um, the last few episodes, I'm, I think I have seven or eight more episodes of, uh, this season's podcast to go. And I believe the plan is to just do solo episodes. Um, Some of them will be answering questions and a lot of them will be breaking down some deeper stuff. I had um, a lot of men asking me, how do I show up to be the kind of man that strong women are attracted to and to, to be the kind of man that is, is breaking toxic masculinity patterns. Um, so I feel like that's an entire episode (laughs) that I'm going to dedicate, uh, to that. I had a lot of women asking me about how do we navigate our anger and, um, and heal and process our anger, um, and give ourselves permission to safely feel and, and express our anger, um, so that we can be in a relationship with men without assuming that they're toxic assholes and actually like, you know, 
give people a chance to show up without um, sabotaging it with our our repressed anger. So that's going to be a whole episode. Um, and then, yeah, man, my, my own personal journey, just diving uh, deeper into what I've learned over the years and, um, and what I've created with intimacy architecture and the five pillars of intimacy. So I'm really excited to share all of that with you. Um, I encourage you to go back and listen to some great episodes. Um, you know, we've done some wonderful talks about polyamory, about, uh, lesbian sex and, um, and all kinds of wonderful things. So, have a listen. Um, you know, we've, we've interviewed some really incredible guests on this show, authors and doctors and experts in in the field. Um, so there is a wealth of information here and there is a wealth of information in our growing independent social network community, the pleasure of possibility. So I am super excited for you to join us there. Um, you can always go to my Instagram. It has a direct link to the pleasure of possibility in my link tree. And, uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's intimacy underscore architect. And we are the pleasure posse on mighty networks. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of great ways for you to connect, to learn, to discover, to grow with other amazing people who are sex positive and who are changing the landscape and the way that we feel about our bodies, ourselves, our sexuality, and how we create intimate relationships within so that we can have the healthiest possible relationships with everything and everyone around us that feel supportive and celebratory of who we truly are. Yes. So uh, on that note, I am Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect. I am truly, truly grateful for the adventure that this podcast has brought and all the amazing people I've gotten to connect with along the way. I'm truly grateful and humbled and honored uh, to be of service, to be uh, a beacon, speaking out and having conversations about sex and intimacy and relationships and spirituality and all of those juicy things and how they all come together. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this world and being all of who you are. You are amazing. Keep shining. And I will see you again soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.